chapter number 43. The Bible says, Judge me, O God, and please my, plead my cause against an ungodly nation. O, deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man. For thou art the God of my strength. Why dost thou cast me off? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? O, send out thy, thy light and thy truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me unto thy holy hill and to thy tabernacles. Then will I go unto the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy. Yea, upon the harp will I praise thee, O God, my God. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. Let us pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for all that you do for us. We thank you for your grace and for your mercy. Thank you for all of your many blessings. We thank you for giving us, uh, Lord, more so abundantly. You give to us, God. You give us more than we deserve, God, and you bless us continually, forever. It seems like that it just never stops, and we thank you for that. But, Lord, we know that at the end of the day, if the blessings were to stop, if things were to get difficult, if things were to, to, to crash and burn, Lord, that we have you still to, yet to cling on to. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Studying this week and thinking about this, and I'm not trying to be timely. I don't have any um, specific news article to stick to or something I saw that made me think about this, but I think just in general we are living in a wicked society. I think just if you look at the, the broad spectrum of it, we're living in a wicked society. And I, I pride myself, I, I, I first and foremost, I'm a Christian. Amen. Well, I mean, more than anything, I guess I'm a human, but thank God I'm a Christian. Amen. Thank his, praise his holy name. I, I, I'm thankful for that. But then next, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an American citizen, and I am thankful for that. Yeah. I tell you, I'm, I, we're blessed, ain't we? If you've, if you've ever seen anywhere else in the world, if you've ever seen any of these other countries uh, on this planet, you know we're blessed. I'm telling you, there's some mess out there. There's some bad stuff out there. But our country is on this crash course, downhill, full speed ahead. I mean, no brakes, full gas. I mean, we are just heading towards destruction. I mean, it's dangerous, the path that we're on. It's scary to see what's happening. And people will say, well, they'll allude to Israel. And you find in Israel that there were times that they were on that crash course. And, and they went down that barrel roll and they wrecked. And, and, and the thing is, we talk about that and people say, well, they recovered. But oftentimes it took some generations for recovery. That's what scares me, is that these generations coming up, what are they going to live in? I think about the way things were, and I mean, I'm not that old, don't get me wrong, but I mean, I just remember even being a kid not that long ago, how different things were. I, I think about how different our area was 10, 15 years ago. I think about how different it was. I, I'd go out with my mom and my grandma, and uh, we'd go places and never worry really about what, what would happen. Didn't ever really think about it. I'd go places with my grandma and my great-grandma and my great-great-aunt. I mean, just three little old ladies and me in a 1979 Pontiac Bonneville cruising down towards Kmart. That's how, and, and not one worry or concern about what was going to happen. I, I'll be honest with you, I don't go anywhere I ain't got a gun with me these days. 
Because it is just so concerning the way society is. People are so quick to just want to, I mean, they're, they're out for blood. They're angry. People are just, they want a reason to fight. They want a reason to harm. They want a reason to do something uh, uh, evil and vile. And that's just, it's, it's insane the, the way society is going. We're living in an uncertain country. I'm a, I'm a creature of habit. I, I grew up on, on the road I grew up on. I grew up in the community I grew up in. I grew up right there. And when I moved out to, to Fairview, I felt like I moved f- five states away, 40 minutes down the road. You know, it was hard on me. But I'm starting to see that what I was clinging on to, even the home I grew up in, which I appreciate, the land I grew up on, which I appreciate, I'm starting to see that it's just temporal. I'm starting to understand that, you know what, I'd give it up in a second to, if, to, to just be on the other side. It's not something I'm going to be able to hold on to. It's not something I'll be able to cling to forever. And it is just a temporal home for me because it's an uncertain country we're living in. I want us to look at what we face and what we'll see here in Psalms 43, what they were facing. And it says, judge me, O God, and please my cause against an ungodly nation. First and foremost, I believe we are facing ungodly society today. It is common practice to kill. I was thinking this morning on my way down, on my way over here, we were driving, we were late, I was speeding, and Riley is just making all kinds of noise, just screaming and hooping and hollering and 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 wasn't crying. He's just ha- it's he's just having fun, and I I love that so much. And I'm thinking, you know what? Every time a child is killed in the womb, that's what they're taking away. Every time that child is killed, that there's a parent that doesn't get to have this, this experience driving down the road. Every time some doctor goes in and murders a little baby, every single time, the joy that God has blessed a home with is gone. And every parent that can't have, or every uh, adult that can't have a child, every adult that loses a child, they lose out on that opportunity to take that little young one that that, that person doesn't want to take care of. People lose out. That's what happens in this ungodly society right. is people are losing out on the blessedness of children. If we loved our children like people used to love their children, people wouldn't be out wanting to, to murder and steal and kill and do all they, they want to do these days. People wouldn't have this going on in their, in their hearts and in their lives if they just loved their children like they needed to. If they would just love their spouse like they needed to, this ungodly society wouldn't have such a, such a grip and a hold on people because you know what? When it's right at home, it's right in the world. When you got it right at home, it's right in the world. It's ungodly society. It's, it's insane. And people are so confused about stuff. I mean, you got just plain normal old people that, that are so, di- they're, they're so discombobulated they can't, even, they can't even think straight about what's coming, coming next. These aren't people that, that are facing things like, like, uh, like living in, in a country where we think about being murdered for going to church. We're living in a country where I, I come here and I don't think one bit about it. I don't think about somebody stopping me before I go in the door and somebody publicly uh, uh, hanging me because I'm trying to go to church or beheading me like, they ha- like happens in the Middle East or happens in Asia and things like that. We don't think about that stuff. But yet this society has such a deep hold on people. Just regular old folks are so mixed up and messed up they don't have it right at home. It's just, it's just in a whirlwind. Like I said, not pointing out specific news thing, not pointing out something specific that happened. I'm just saying we're in an ungodly society. I read a story this morning I was, uh, as I was studying. This popped up, and I read it. And it was talking about this four, uh, 17-year-old boy that met, met this 14-year-old boy on the Internet playing video games. And uh, 
finally invited him to his house, and the mother pleaded with the son, you know, don't go, you don't know this person. And uh, the boy, the 14-year-old boy ended up lying about where he was going, went to this guy's house, and as soon as he got there, that boy killed him, stabbed him to death right there in his house. This is over in England. And the boy, 17-year-old boy, got a 25-year prison sentence. And I'm not anybody's eternal judge, but I'm just saying that boy's going to get out at 40 years old and get away with what he, what he did. It seems like even the justice system doesn't match up with what people are doing. You go murder somebody, well, we'll slap you on the hand, we'll feed you four, three square meals a day, and you can watch TV all you want to do. You can go exercise and look like a bodybuilder, and you can go and we'll, we'll give you programs where you can uh, get out and do different things at times, or we'll get you out every once in a while, and if you act good, and you can clean the sides of the road. And That, that doesn't match the, the injustice that's truly done. Matter of fact, people want to defend people that would, would in cold blood kill somebody else. People don't see anything wrong with murdering a little baby. I'm not trying to get off on a tangent here, but I just got this on my heart this morning. People don't have any. They, they, we look at, at good as bad, and bad as good. Adrian Rogers preached a message I listened to a while ago. I may have mentioned this before, but it was in the 90s. He preached a message called, Has the Nuclear Family Bombed? Has the Nuclear Family Bombed? You know, if you want that nuclear family, which means a, a mother and a father and children in a home living together, married family living together, if you want that, it, it offends people. People my age and young, our young people in here's age, you go to get married. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Well, the examples I grew up with, that's what you do. That's what honest people do. You go get married. You try to make a living, try to have some children, raise them by God's word, teach them how to work, teach them how to be good people. But today, the, the, it doesn't even enter into people's minds. And then they wonder why their children are out doing crazy things. Look what they grew up in. This ungodly society, it has sunk its roots so deep into this culture, it's insane. You want to go get a job. Why would you do that? You can live off the government. That's what they want you to do, by the way. I hope this stimulus helps some people, but I tell you what, I'm nervous anytime the government gives me money. And my son will be paying for it, and his son will probably be paying for it. It's scary. It's crazy. People that are bad people, I mean absolute worthless, worthless people in leadership positions, in in county positions, in city positions, in, in regional positions, all the way up to the top. Wicked, evil, messed up, vile people yeah. need run out of here. But that's who the, this society wants in power. That's who these people want in control. This ain't popular preaching, but I'm going to tell you we got an ungodly society, and there's a problem with it, and it's been oncoming. You look at, at the World War II era, those people, those men and women that sacrificed so much, went and literally 20, 21, 22-year-old boys, given their lives, literally defeated the two greatest armies this earth has ever seen. God did that. God did that. And you go down the road just a little ways, and their children in that 60s, 70s age range, it was more of an of a age of enlightenment. You just, you just kind of feel yourself. You just see what you, what you feel. Look at their children now. Look at their grandchildren now. That's where it all began. 
about 30, 40 years ago. You just do what you want to do with your life. There wasn't any consequences. There wasn't any standards. It was just it, the, the institution, nothing wrong with, with certain colleges, but this college mindset that's come into play, and here we are today. The devil has sunk his roots so deep into people's lives, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. We've got so much to go back and undo. And it wasn't three, two generations, three generations ago, and we had literally the salt of the earth, the best people our country had ever seen. But here we are. This is an ungodly society, and it's because of what this says here, the rest of verse 1. Oh, deliver me from the deceitful and unjust men. An ungodly society is created because of unjust men. What else did we see in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s? We saw the rise of, of the corporate politic. We saw the rise of the corporate culture. The more and more money starts to play into a society, the easier and easier it is for it, it to become ungodly. Because we've got corporations. There's one, I saw somebody that, uh, uh, I'm not trying to get political here, I'm just stating the, the facts here. Um, I was reading this morning, I, I, I've always loved sports and I don't love them like I used to, just things get on my nerves, but there was somebody that wrote a letter to the NFL and said, I don't want you to, I don't want you to um, use Fox to broadcast your, your football games because they support Fox News, which is a conservative uh, outlet for news. And I thought, you crazy person, Fox is owned by ABC, which is liberal. And, and they're fine with ABC and ESPN broadcasting uh, their, video, their, their sports. But they have a problem with Fox. It's owned by the same people. The world will make money off of the right wing and the left wing. That's the way the world works. They don't care. They will tell you what you want to hear on this side while they're making money, telling somebody else what they want to hear on the other side. That's how the world works. It's unjust men and telling somebody not to show a football game on a certain TV channel doesn't fix anything. We ought to do away with all the media, all the, the outlets that are, are just pouring this ungodliness into people's heads. Let's just do away with all of it. Probably be better, better off if we just turn the TVs completely off. I don't have anything. I'm not one of those... You shouldn't watch TV, but I'm telling you what, I'm, I'm getting that way. You can't turn TV on. Andy Griffith's about the only thing you can still watch. It's, it's messed up. It's ungodly society. It's created by unjust men because you know what? They know how deep they've sunk these roots in. They know that they can get this, this generation that's come and sexualized at a younger age. They know that they can normalize drugs and sex and violence. They know they can normalize that at an even younger age. I was in high school, first time anybody smoked marijuana around me. I was in high school. Now there's kids, mom, I've heard stories, mom tell of five-year-olds, or uh, fifth graders and sixth graders dealing with that. Some of you probably didn't, you was probably out living in the world, grown up before you, you were around that kind of stuff. I mean, it's alarming, I was in high school, but there's fifth graders dealing with it, probably younger, there's people I know Children his age going home to parents doing it. That's the society we live in. It's unjust men. We've got a few disconnects in the leadership. Honesty, integrity, hard work, and a dedication to God's word. We don't have honest people in society. 
People will lie you up, down, left, right. They will lie to you any, any way you can imagine. And they're getting good at it. Honesty and integrity. People don't want to stick to their word. I go, if I buy anything, I will buy something. I'll spend more money to make sure it's got a warranty on it these days. Because you know what? I know about anything you buy is going to break. But I want someone with some integrity. If they don't have integrity, I'll back it up with a warranty and say, you told me you would replace this because you've got to protect yourself. That's the type of world we live in. Yeah. And hard work, there's no work ethic. People don't care. Don't want to work for anything. And there's not a dedication to God's word. No, reason, no, no wonder there's unjust men. They just skip this over. Or they pick out what they want. And they make it, well, I'll have, a, I'll have a little bit of honesty and integrity, but you know what, I don't, I don't care about working. I don't want to work for anything. I don't know, but you can go all the way back to Genesis and you find hard work instituted on a man. That's in the book. There's no dedication to God's word. There's no, there's no, no wonder there's unjust men goes on in verse 2 and it says for thou art the God of my strength why dost thou cast me off this psalmist he he's, does what we do when we pray God hadn't answered his prayer yet and he's saying what's going on why why are you leaving me hanging Lord why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy you know what he was facing he's facing some uncertain circumstances when you've got an ungodly society You've got an unjust man in the society, you're, and you face some uncertain circumstances, it gets a little wild. Look at the last year. People absolutely losing their ever-loving minds. I mean losing their minds. And I get it. There's cause for concern. There's things that have happened that have concerned me. But you stand back and look, and people are so panicked. They are living their lives I don't even want to crack the door open and go out in the sun. That's what happens. Ungodly society, unjust men, you face some uncertain circumstances. You go back a few generations and let something like this happen. See how people deal with it. You let, the, you let this, this, this stuff that's going on, the, the, the government stuff going on, the, 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 the overreach, the... The stimulus stuff. Look at all this. Let a generation or two that's gone by deal with this and see how they handled it. They handled it differently. You had a pretty godly society. You had some very just men. I mean, my goodness, the town drunk was probably more honest than a lot of, a lot of people walking around today, years ago. But that's been, it's gone. Those days are gone. I'm not going to be done there because that looks pretty dreary don't it I brought a little black cloud over us but look at verse 3 here's the prayer this is where the prayer changes and that's funny we, we preached on prayer last week and here's where this is, this is he's exclaiming to the Lord in the first two verses about what all is going on God knows but he's just, just talking to God and then he says oh send out thy light and thy truth let them lead me, let them bring me into thy holy hill and to thy tabernacles. There's, some way, there's a way out of this ungodly, unjust, uncertain society we live in. Yeah. 
First is the love of the Son. Oh, send out thy light and thy truth. You know what? Jesus is the light. Jesus is truth. That's the way out right there. That's how we overcome. We overcome through the love of the Son. Isn't that a beautiful thing? That makes me feel a lot better. I was getting mad there for a second. But I feel a lot better. Because I start to think, you know what? All the, those little children, their lives were cut short before they even began. They're with him. They're with him. Mm. <laughs> I can't believe that people would want to do that kind of stuff. But it's the love of the son that helps us overcome. All those whose lives were cut short because of some crazy person doing something, I don't know, whatever example you want to use, provided they knew the Lord, they go and they're with Him. Everybody that ends up with cancer, that knows God, that's saved, that's redeemed, that love of the Son, you know what? It overcomes this old world. And they're with him. God doesn't care one bit about our uncertain circumstances because he's certain about our future. He doesn't care one bit about these unjust men because you know what? He's got a pointed time he's going to deal with them. And this ungodly society, like a match, it's going to be lit and it's going to burn. Ever thought about that? How in one... I don't know how he'll do it, exactly what he'll do, but he'll get his, he'll get his day. Amen. And thank the Lord, we'll be with him on the other side. Amen. I don't get joy in that because you know what? There's a lot of people that don't know him. That's right. They're going to die and they're going to go to hell. They're going to be cast into a lake of fire with the devil himself. What a shame that is. But you know what? We get to overcome through the love of the Son. We get to overcome through the love of his word when it says, oh, send out thy light and thy truth. You know what? To me, that truth is found in this word right here. I overcome through the love of his word. I look in here and I see some uncertain circumstances in this book. I see some unjust men. I see an ungodly society. But you know what? All these saints gone by, they've overcame it. Through him. And it says, let them bring me into thy holy hill and to thy tabernacles. I'm going to say something. Church is more important today than I believe it has ever been in any of our lifetimes. It is more important today than it has ever been. There's people slacking off. There's people falling to the wayside. There's people... That have, that have got, they, they've become on, online churchgoers, and if your health is an issue, I, I don't have a problem in the world with that. I wouldn't say anything against those people. But these people that get up and go to work six days a week that don't get up and go to church because the devil has put something in them to, he's put that in front of them. Well, you can just listen online. I wonder how many times they've listened recently. It's scary. It's scary. Church is more important right now. Physical worship, physical gathering together is more important right now than it ever has been in our lifetimes. So that's what he's saying right here. He said, let that light and truth, I'm paraphrasing here, let the light and truth, let them bring me unto thy holy hill and to thy tabernacles. In these uncertain times, he wanted to get around God's people. He wanted to get around God's spirit. He wanted to get where he could worship. 
The love of the Son, the love of His Word, and the love of worship is what helps us overcome this world. Amen. we got to love worship. It wouldn't surprise me one bit. I've said it before. Somebody this week says, you can't go to church. I think the American people have proven themselves to be a little more difficult to deal with than that. But there's a lot of people just laying down. Man, we got to love worship. We need to hold on to worship because it might be harder to worship next Sunday than it ever has been. Things are down, things are dreary, and I, I've heard people say, I, I don't want to bring a kid into this world. And I'd say they ain't got anything between their ears because that's been the biggest blessing in my life aside from being saved and being married. Amen. Anybody that thinks, don't, don't ever think about it that way. There's been some uncertain times before. There's been some unjust men before. There's been an ungodly society before. You know what? I live in happiness and peace through that little boy right there. So I'm living in joy. These uncertain times, I ain't worried one bit about it. God's going to take care of me. And if I go through some hard times, I don't. I, it's going to be difficult, but hey... I've got happiness and joy and peace on the other side. Amen. But look, verse 4 and 5. Then will, I, then will I go into the altar of God, and God my exceeding joy. Yea, upon the harp will I praise thee, O God, my God. Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. You know, this, this psalm, it goes from, Lord, all this is going on, all this is happening, I don't understand, why, why, why? And about halfway through, he's reminded, you know what, let that light come out, let that truth come out, let me get in your house. And that's where he says in the end, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. It will be unbelievable what God can do for you if you just let him Help you live in the joy of victory. And you're in the middle of a battle in your life. You don't have a better taste of victory. You don't know what that feels like when you're in the middle of that battle. You might have won 50 battles before. But you know what? We can, we can go through a battle in life and we know that, you know what? I can live in joy because I have victory. Amen. Nothing I've done. Not a, if it was up to me, I would have been dead and gone to hell a long time ago. But thankfully, through him, I can live in the joy of the victory. Appreciate your time this morning.